Welcome to Hour 3 of the Tom Bernard Show. Tom, as you can tell, is not here. His voice hasn't changed. I'm Bob Sansbury, and I am joined by... Greg Coleman. JB. Melissa Kirk. Andy Brent Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And the Tom Bernard Show will be back in a moment. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We are back, Hour 3 of the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Bob Sansevier, JB, Melissa, Andy, Cassie, and our very special guest, comedian slash comic slash son of punter, Greg Coleman. Greg Coleman. What's up? How are you guys doing? Now, obviously, it's the people ask you a lot about it. I covered your dad when I was working the Star Tribune and also then at, at the Pioneer Press when he was a punter. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, yes, he had a sense of humor, but he wasn't funny. Yeah, no. What? Not I mean, at all. is he funny around the house? Was not he a- really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it comes uh, from my mom. My mom has a goofy side. She has a funny side. I think, like, the presentation stuff probably comes from my dad and learning how to deal with people and talking with people and, like, learning how to read a room. Like, I could give him that. Because your dad has a great voice. He's got a nice, deep voice, and you obviously do, too. Yeah, so yeah, he's got that stuff. Just the jokes aren't aren't really uh, his forte, but you know it's all right. It works out how it works out. Now, did your dad? Um, I don't know if you do you curse much at all in your uh, in your in your you know in your bits in, in my act. Um, yeah, I try to keep it. In, uh, what's the word? Enjoyable. 
for all. Like, you know, I'm not too many tyrants or whatever. Like well, the that. only reason I ask is your dad strikes me as someone who yeah. would be a little put off by the... Yeah, well, he, his thing, he was never a huge comedy fan. He was like, I, I don't trust comics. I don't, like, that will tell you everything you need to know about these. I don't trust comics. And, like, Bill Cosby was his favorite comic. And he's like, Cosby never had to curse. So I was like, yeah, but look how that turned out. <laughs> I, I mean, he also never asked for permission. So, you know, <laughs> like, maybe enjoy a curse word and just someone who knows consent. <laughs> like, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, no, I just yeah, I try to keep it, you know, whatever. And sometimes with my tone. I may come off more aggressive yeah. than I was. Like people, oh, it seemed like it was whatever. I was like, no, nah, I was just uh, aggressive on stage, and it might seem like that. But no, nah, I try to keep it cool. I'm trying to work corporates and get oh, on yeah, TV. Oh yeah, you want to yeah, do, hey, do Yeah, I want to make gigs. a little bit of money. Now, JB and you were talking a little bit before we started about if you played football. So, how did you play? Just in high school? Did you play in college as well? Uh, I played high school and I played in college. Uh, I played at a college down in Florida called Everwaters College. Uh, it was a black college, so we played all around. Uh, and then I ended up transferring up to Wisconsin River Falls when I was like, you know what? Football's not my big forte. Because <laughs> I always wanted, like, I always liked football. I grew up in an athletic house. Like, I grew up with all these dudes. It's like my uncles, like Chris Dolman and Darren Nelson and just anyone and everyone from the 80s and 90s. Yep. And I grew up around these guys. And I always wanted to do comedy. Like, funny was just my thing. I was like, athlete, that was fine. It came natural. But funny was my thing. I just didn't know how to do it. I was like, I didn't know you could just go to a comedy club or this and that. Like, I thought, okay, play football. Then be done playing football. Be an announcer. They'll put you on TV. And then maybe they'll put you on TV shows or commercials and be funny. And they're like, hey, now you're funny. Welcome to the funny world. Like, I thought I was just going to, like, kind of, like, no sense of the word, but, like, kind of OJ it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, turn it into that thing without the murder. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Like, that's what I thought. Because it didn't seem so far-fetched because my dad had a TV show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he did the morning news and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, we'll play sports. They'll put you on TV. I was like, yeah, just skip all the sports stuff. Like, I liked it. Like, I loved playing ball. It was great. But, you know, I had a couple of injuries and... Uh, I, I looked at some tape. I was like, "Oh, I'm not playing hard enough to get to the NFL. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Let me well, just be the fun guy." Now, did you, your dad was a terrific athlete. I mean, wasn't he a terrific high hurdler too? Or hurdler? yeah, he had a world record in the 300 meter hurdles, and had opportunity to go to the Olympics and stuff. But I mean, track and field. Did you do track also? I did do track. Uh, I did until about 11th grade. 11th or 12th grade, I was sprinting. And then I hit a growth spurt, and I was like, yo, I'm just going to go throw <laughs> go throw the discus and do a jump, and then I'm just going to grill with the big dudes. Like, that was my thing. Like, I was a 400 runner, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't it like it long. at all. Yeah, it was way too long. I was like, you mean there's like it's a 400 sprint? I was like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's how it was. So I did all the stuff, basketball, track, uh, played baseball till about 8th, ninth grade. And then I quit. Baseball was probably a sport I really loved the most. My uncle played baseball, too. He was kind of ticked off when I quit because he, uh, Vince Coleman, so he was a ball player. So I grew up yeah, he was with a, all those guys. He was yeah, a he decent was a, ball he was a player. Decent, he was a decent dude. Like, that's all I wanted to do, just bump, try to hit home runs, and just steal. Like, well, was he, it. It, your, uh, your uncle was a pretty good guy when it came to stealing bases, too. Yeah. yeah. It was like him and Ricky Henderson back in the day. They were going back and forth. 
Um, so yeah, so yeah. Kinda so who's, is your, who's older? Your dad is, or is Vince older? Yeah, my dad is older. Vince came after my dad, and then broke all of my dad's records back at high school and back in college. And then he was like, "I'm gonna go play baseball." They both have the opportunity. I think he got drafted by the Rams, and they wanted him to be receiver because he's the your fastest. Your dad? Uh, no, my uncle. Oh, Vince. your uncle Vince. Yeah, Vince. Uh, they wanted him to be receiver. He's like, "No, I want to kick." They're like, "No, you're not gonna do it." Like that was the same thing with my pops. He got offers to go anywhere and to play college ball, but they're like, "No, you're not. You're not gonna punt. Like you're fast. Go be receiver." And he's like, no, I'm going to stick it out, and I'm a punt. And it worked out for him. Now, I, I covered the Vikings, well, 84 through your dad's when he left. Mm-hmm. I don't recall him ever lining up. Did he not have hands? No. Because I mean, you think he'd take advantage of that speed. Yeah. Well, the thing was, he was the third-string quarterback, I believe. I knew that, yeah. Yeah, I saw a couple plays of him he was a holder. and zagging and running around and getting out of it. But he's got, like, he's like me, he's got small hands. He doesn't have the receiver hands. Like, you know, and also they have, what, Sammy White and they yeah. have Ma Rashad. So it's like they're not going to be, hey, Greg, go out there. You know, it was just different. Like, maybe now they might throw him out there with that speed. Like, oh, my God, this punter, we need to yeah. cover him and then throw someone underneath him. But, you know, I think it was just, you know, how the 70s and 80s went. I don't think Bud Grant <laughs> was like, hey, let's throw a decoy out. Let's, let's throw the punter out there. Yeah, Bud wasn't known for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. To, to do anything like that, so mm-hmm. you uh, obviously then you, you you've made comedy your career. What what did your dad want you to be? Did he ever say I'd like you to be uh, X or you know? Uh, uh, no, he just kind of wanted me to do and find something that I enjoyed. And you found it. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so that that was really it. I think you know sometimes his parents are like, "Yo, we just want you to find something that you like, something you like doing." And I kind of bounce around. I did radio for a while. And I did some TV stuff, and then, you know, radio brought me to comedy. And I think he's seeing, like, comedy's kind of paying itself back, you know, to me on kind of getting gigs and doing stuff around. And it's like, hey, no one's told me to quit yet, you know? (laughs) So I think that's uh, where it is. So it's either been, like, comedy or working in education. That's just kind of where my family's been. My mom was a big educator, and my dad was a teacher for a while. So it's either I'm working with kids or, you know, doing some form of entertainment. Now, Andy Erickson, who you've known her for a while, she was Mm -hmm. in with us, and I asked her this question because it came out of actually a – Brian Miller is on a a show. I do the BS show every Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and he told us – he, he did not know when it was booked, but he showed up, and it was a white supremacist bar <laughs> or club. Yeah. What's the weirdest club you've ever been booked to? That's oh. how we got Andy to tell us about the – she did the backyard anniversary. The wedding – oh, man. that I would kind of love and not love doing that white supremacist show. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, if I have a clear exit, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start out. Because you got the speed. Yeah. Just you know what I mean? Yeah, I just, got some just, shoulders to See me. what happens. You never know. <laughs> right? Uh, I think the weirdest gig that I ever did, I was in Atlanta, and I I did this show. I thought it was just a normal show. Come to find out it was a talent contest. So I get there, and the door guy wouldn't let me in. I was like, hey, man, I'm on the show. He's like, I don't care. I don't know you. Everybody's got to pay to get in. And then there's all these cameras around. And so it ends up that they're shooting, like, a reality TV show, like one of those, The Wise of Atlanta or Rap of Atlanta. Just something. Something VH1 (laughs) and just not, like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, I was wearing Toms, you know. (laughs) Like, I'm not ready to be on this show, but whatever. So I got in, and I, like, was getting ready to do the show. But before me, there were three 
hula dance. They're scantily clad women were dancing <laughs> before me, three of them. And I was like, I can't follow that. Like, no one wants <laughs> to watch me. So I go up after that. Then the host, she talks to me for five minutes. And mind you, I only have maybe five, seven minutes of material. And she's asking me questions about stuff I'm about to talk about. So I'm like, all right, lady, you're making this really weird. And I go and I make a joke. And I make a joke about a rapper from Atlanta. Just There's a dude called Waka Flocka Flame. Mm-hmm. And he is a big, aggressive rapper. And I made a joke just about him and Peter. I was like, that's a weird partnership. And someone was like, yo, don't talk about Waka. I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's not a mean <laughs> joke. Like, But people got, he's like, Waka's my cousin. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then, like, more people started popping up. And then some girl in the front row, she was just like, boo. Like, she had a chicken wing in her hand. And she was like, boo. And I was like, really? You're going to boo me over this? I was like, all right, well, if you're going to boo, boo. So the whole crowd, just like, boo, Aww. boo. Don't talk about walking. I stood on stage. And I was like, you guys done? Cool, I got two minutes left. And, <laughs> but while they were booing, I was like, oh, this isn't as bad. Like, if this is the worst that it gets, like, I can deal with this. And I finished out my set and went home and I felt really weird. I was like, that was really weird. Really weird. So that was probably the one that was the most weird, but it like kind of helped like a little, ah, define a moment. And it's innocent now. Like there's nothing on the line. Like it might be different one day. It's like, hey, you're doing a correspondence and you're never going to be invited back ever. And you get fired from your agency. That one might suck. Yeah. But yeah. it's now... It was the Cheetah Club in Atlanta is my <laughs> most favorite. And I have them on my list. Like, I'll go back to the Cheetah, make them laugh, make them spit their chicken wings out from laughter, make Waka Flocka come up on stage and be like, you right, Greg, you right. You right. Like, so that, those are my redemption. That's you, my little notes. Do you tailor your skits or what, you know? <laughs> I mean, do you tailor it to where your location at? Um, I sometimes you got little tricks here and there. If you know a name of a town, I throw that town mm-hmm. in there or a neighboring town just to get people, oh, yeah, he knows where Dubuque is yeah. or me knows Polk, Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> you know, something like that. But, like, kind of the older I'm getting, the more material I'm getting, like, you know, stuff just becomes universal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about family, dogs, pets, or else just my point of view. Like, I try not, not to make it very... Minneapolis centric, mm-hmm. you know, Minnesota centric. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's not, not, not too, too much. Like, I might tailor it if it's like, you know, a show with these people or this group. Like, all right, cool, I'll do some school stuff, teacher stuff, kids stuff, relationship mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it's more tailored on age more so than location. Now, Andy was saying that she travels, what, like two to three times a month. Mm-hmm. How, how yeah. often are you out of town? Um, it depends. Summertime, I'll work more and I'll pick and choose because I'm still working a job here. Uh, so I'm working at, at a school. Uh, Are you I work teaching? At schools. So I do behavior interventions. So I well, deal. that's not exactly a laugh riot. Yeah, I mean, it, you gotta have the right. You gotta have very thick skin, and you can find something to laugh at every day. Like either I can get mad at it. Or I can just find a way to. So laugh you're like at the it. school muscle. Yeah, pretty much. I'm the school bouncer. Like that's. That's uh, that's my job. I've been doing that. I've been doing youth work for like the last ten years. So I always said, like, listen, if I'm gonna go out and tell these weird jokes that destroy the earth, like I might as well try to help. It's balanced kids. It's balanced yeah. in life and yeah. universe. Do some balance, and it's all good. But you know, until I'm in a spot, which you know, hopefully soon. I love the kids, but forget the kids. I'm the future. Like I'm. <laughs> 
do a uh, do it more full. But I'll still like my job's cool with me taking off. Um, so like, yeah, I'll travel and also host some events with NBA um, and Major League Baseball. So. Yeah, I had an eight-week tour in the middle of school, like, last year. Eight-week? Yeah, it was my because schedule. Because kids to behave for Yeah, you. like, the teacher's like, oh, my God, I hate Thursday and Friday. Like, I'll leave Thursday, go somewhere, come back Monday, take a red eye, come back Monday morning, go to work, stay there till you know, Wednesday or Thursday, depending on what time I leave, and that was just kind of the schedule. But, yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, what about was, now, this, this summer, what, do you, what place are you going to be traveling to the rest of the summer? I uh, just left. I was at in Wisconsin, Comedy on State, the club out there. Uh, I'll be in New York in August, in L.A. in August. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, kind of hit those spots. You're and, a busy yeah. guy. Most of, yeah. most of the comics aren't working a, a day job. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've been fortunate to kind of find people like they know. I'm not necessarily trying to climb the ladder there. They're just like, hey, man, as long as you're here doing your job and That's all getting stuff about. done. Like, it, yeah, it's all good. HR doesn't necessarily know all of this. Probably sitcom. best that way. That's where you want to identify the district. Yeah. Um, it's not the yeah. Buffalo School District where I'm on the school board, by the way. Yeah, no. We def- love to have muscle there. No. Yeah, it's definitely not I, Buffalo. All right, now, uh, I, we're going to come right back with you. We're okay. going to talk some more, but. Royal Comedy Theater tonight, mm-hmm. one yeah. show, 8 o'clock? Yep, 8 p.m. and then one show tomorrow tomorrow, 8 p.m. All right, we, uh, what we're going to do is the Tom Bernard Show is going to take a quick break. As I mentioned, Tom will be back. Well, the next time you, you hear the show live, he'll be back. For now, though, we are going to take a break. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. I'm just wondering if uh, you chose that. To, to, is this like Greg's theme song on stage? How He's going to rock you. You'll be pumped up. Ready to punch these jokes? Punch <laughs> <laughs> you with some comedy. Yay! <laughs> JB, Melissa, Andy, Cassie, I'm Bob Sansfree of the Tom Bernard Show, Hour 3 with comedian Greg Coleman. He is at the Royal Comedy Theater tonight at 8 o'clock, tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And, uh, yeah. Now, do you. I, I assume you're, you do have an, an air-conditioned car. Do you, do you start it up in an air-conditioned garage, or do you have to actually go in the heat at all? <laughs> nah, I got I to gotta go heat it up. She's uh, outside baking in the heat. 
But yeah, nah, man, it'll be all right. Like we we know how to deal with this. I think, or <laughs> not. Yeah, well, I've got a kid who's been telling me he's gonna fix it. I have a window mm-hmm. that. The battery or the the motor runs on the passenger side, but it mm-hmm. won't go down. This goes back to when we had the snow and it froze, and he keeps saying he'll take care of it. Yeah, and it, it would cost me hundreds of bucks to have it done somewhere, but he could do it because he's a mechanic. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't done it. The other one, the other window doesn't move at all; doesn't have a motor, so I have no front windows. Fortunately, the AC works. If that goes out, I die today. Oh yeah, this could be your last. <laughs> yeah, it could you might be, want to tell your story. Exactly. Well, you know what I want to add as you were talking before. You mentioned that you've done shows before you did radio. Mm-hmm. Why has K-Fan not had you on with your dad on the sideline? That would be a lot of fun for both of you. Have they ever talked about it? Yeah, they need to. <laughs> like, well, I've, I've, proven, I've proven I can talk. You know what it was, though? For the longest time, I would uh, just kind of help my dad out, especially when they're in the, uh, in the Metrodome. So I'll just go down there with the games, and I'll kind of be the runner. He'll be like, all right, I need batteries. I need this or that. Or I'll go check on the injury, and I'll help him do the uniform stuff. So I was down there. Um, but I, I, he doesn't need my help, man. He's got the pregame preach, which people love. Um, you know, people come up to mm-hmm. me all the time. <clears throat> and, like, they'll be like, oh, I thought you were the other Greg Coleman. <laughs> this doesn't sound like the pregame preach. But, yeah, I mean, I think it would just be something fun I think it would be a lot do. of fun if you guys – but even if you just – Talk back and forth because you could add humor to what's going on. I think it'd be an even more popular segment. Not, you know, he can do his pregame preach, but then you should have a chance to do some of your preaching. Yeah, I think I think it definitely would be fun. We did a segment with uh, with Jana on Channel Eleven talking about the Vikings, and I thought it was fun. And I like stuff like this because we're kind of getting at the point. Where it's like, you know, I continue to kind of build my name around the city. And people are like, oh, recognize. Like, oh, okay, that's you and you. And then, like, I have something more to bring to the table. But, yeah, K-Fam, let's get on that. Like, I did Ron Johnson's show <clears throat> yeah. on K-Fam with him. But, yeah, we should definitely, we should do that. You So, since you were born, your dad was a pro. You've been around the Vikings mm. your entire life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Like, I grew up. What year were you born? I, I grew up 1983. Well, yeah, your dad was a part of 1989 of Hollywood's listening, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> sort of in the 90s. Yeah, I got to age myself down. But, yeah, 83. Uh, so, yeah, I was in it. I, I remember going to games in Milwaukee for the for the Packers. Back when they would play County Stadium in Milwaukee when it was just very Yeah, cold. that was the mid-80s because I remember going to Milwaukee to cover it. 84 mm-hmm. was my first year, what I call the Les Steckel error, E-R-R-O-R. <laughs> Your yeah. dad, actually, that was my first uh, real interaction with your dad was after he dressed up in Army fatigues oh, yeah. for the first day of, uh, of um, when he had their first practice for, for training camp. Mm-hmm. He wore the fatigues because uh, Steckel had, basically, he did, had him do an obstacle course. As oh. part of it, and that didn't go real well because, you know, you must know Mark Mullaney, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Mark pulled a hamstring the first time out. He had people dropping like flies because yeah. they had him run 40s and they had to do a lot of things. Guys were getting hurt left and right. Your dad came out of it unscathed. Yeah, because you know? he didn't have to hit anybody. I'm sure he was stretching. <laughs> that's, like, that's a part well, of yeah, it. Like, you stre- just got to go in stretch. and stretch. Yeah, and he was very good at that. Oh, yeah. He also, and it's, uh, it is a talent. Your dad was one of the... I think the not. I don't know if he, he certainly might not have been the first, but he was one of the early punters to to hold for kickers, mm-hmm. and he was terrific at it. I don't know if you ever talked yeah. to him about you know as a holder. He was really good at it. Yeah, he used to have those camps and would be out there and like, listen, man, is if I can have two positions on the team, like kind of builds up your value. 
you know, because um, they could have a quarterback there do it. But, like, you could have now, – now punters are pretty much – Almost do all of it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much your job. And he's like, hey, listen, like, I, he coming in, a lot of people didn't want to give him a shot, especially the first black punter in the league. But he's like, yo, if I can do this, because a lot of punters can do this, but they can't hold. You know, like, hey, I can be a hold on field goal to extra point, and I can do backup kickoff and this and that. So, you know. Yeah, he talked about the importance of holding. I, yeah, he's more skilled. I have his hands. He doesn't have big hands, uh, so holding was never for a guy. Never my now, no offense, but for a guy your yeah. size, because you're not tiny, you do have little hands. Yeah, man, it's all his hands. fault. It's, <laughs> it's all his. If I had bigger hands, I would have been in the NBA, and I would have coined the position the power guard. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I did in college. I go hoop, and I I would I would be posting up guy six foot eight because i got shoulders <laughs> so it was the power guard position that's pretty good now so you uh do you, do you do any athletics now do you still play sports i still try to stay a little active like i got a, a group of buddies that will go try to play flag football like every saturday morning um or else if we don't we'll just tell the wives and the girlfriends we are just so we have saturday mornings uh completely free but, yeah, like I still like to stay active, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those nerds who bikes around all the time, and I'll try to, you know, play ball. Do you uh, live in Min- Minneapolis? Or you- yeah, no, right over by the lakes, over by Lake of the Isles. Oh, nice. So, so you'll – well, yeah. I, I think I put my feet in what was once Calhoun, and what do they call it now, Mato – my, I have no Mars, idea. Scott, what, is, yeah. how, what is it, Cassie? What do they call it? Mars. Oh, uh, Bede Makiskar. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that is correct. Why is don't it? they just call okay. it City Lake? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. That's what, but how do you say it? Bede? Bede Makiskar. People wash their butts in that water, yeah. too. I've seen some things. <laughs> the, the only time I've ever been in is when I, I actually went into that, uh, what the hell was it called, where you had the, the surfboard with the with – the, uh, Oh, the wind sailing? Wind sailing. Yeah. My wife and I did windsurfing for, uh, we did it for a few weeks, and I hated it. Yeah. So we didn't keep those things very long. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't like falling into Lake Calhoun. Yeah. I would, I would feel, if I ever needed a dip, I would just try to go over to Cedar Lake. Yeah, that's or, a lot cleaner. Or Lake of the Isles, even though they're connected, but I'd be like, oh, Lake of the Isles, I thought it was even <laughs> dirtier than Lake Calhoun. Probably. Because they had all those damn geese. Yeah. <laughs> they still hanging out there, the geese? Hidden Lake. Yeah, they're... Yeah, they're all out there pooping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to yell at them. I was on my bike the other day. I'm like, get out the way! I'll hit you! They just got done. Uh, their goslings just grew up pretty much. So they're all getting out of the nest. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, Google doesn't have a pronunciation. But, yeah, it's... It's Bidet Makaska. Yeah, it's... Bidet. So I wasn't wrong. Bidet. So it, it is... is... It's B-D-E... Yeah, it's pronounced like Bidet. We're going to call it Wash Butt Lake. That's what it's called from here on out. Wash Butt Lake. JB, you knew it. You nailed it. Did you... You live around there? You don't live around there, do you? Lived uh, across from Lake Calhoun for 13 years. It's oh, the so French you're... way. <laughs> Did you leave because it became Bidet Macasqua? <laughs> no, I, I... I got the bidet down and that's yeah. it. I don't know. Macasquat. I moved when my son t- went into the eighth grade and he moved in with me and I didn't want a teenager living in my living room. So I had to find a, a place with two bedrooms. What high school would he have gone to if you if he, if well, he, he wound up at the same high school, Southwest. Okay. Because okay. I lived uh, my townhouse was on the old West football field when they had West High School over there because I was right behind the uh, 
there were these townhomes right behind the YWCA, yeah. which was a great place if you're single to live. Yeah. But married yeah. with kids, it didn't work out so well or wouldn't have worked out so well. Uh, didn't Prince go to West High School for like a minute? Didn't, he might have. Uh, he may have, I and then so, he wound up at North. Yeah, Yeah, because he, where he lived, and then he moved out of his home and moved in with, um, oh God, was it Andre? Did he move in with him? And that was in North Minneapolis. So, yeah, then he went yeah. to North. So, kids. He has the basketball kids. jersey with the little afro. <laughs> Shoot the J. <laughs> so, kids that live in Uptown will go to Southwest now? Yes. That's where they go. So, what, yeah. okay, Southwest, North, South. What are the other city schools? Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Where's Roosevelt located? It's in South Minneapolis. Yeah. Right. Closer to Hiawatha area. Yeah. All right. Edison, I mean, Edison, Edison, yeah. Edison which is in northeast, and Washburn is in uh, it's south also, closer, south, yeah. closer to southwest. Southwest is a nice looking campus. That area is real nice too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The southwest is kind of is like a private school yeah. in the middle of uh, mm-hmm. in the middle because there's cul-de-sacs there, and because I always would get lost around there when <laughs> I go by it. Yeah, it um, it's always in the top three hundred schools in the country. Public and private. Academically, you mean? Yep. Well, it's not too shabby. Nope. Uh, not known for its sports, though, is it? Uh, they had a run when my son was in school. I'm not saying he had me you on. Know, he, he ran track. <laughs> he was a good football, athlete. But mm-hmm. uh, they really started pushing Washburn for uh, sports back then. Yeah. So, and actually gave them a run for their money a couple of times in football. Didn't win, but... Those kids can go to any school they want in the city, right? Uh, pretty much. As long as you can get to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's transit in, in public transit in. Uh, That's why I want to keep my apartment, just in case one day I have a kid and I'm like I want you to go to Southwest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm 18 years away from that, but you know, still. Well, at least because you don't have a kid now. Yeah. No. Definitely. Well, it's no. more than 18 then. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. You're, you're 19. You hear that, Mom. No. You're pretty much 19 even if you start on it tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get it going. So are there things when you do comedy that you stay away from? Do you do politics? Do you stay away from that? Or do you stay away from religion or anything that you, you really, you know, because aff- some things offend people. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily shy away from stuff. I feel like as long as I can talk about it. And my voice and my point of view, and for the most stuff, like I'm not necessarily trying to hurt anybody or pin people against each other. Uh, so you know, sometimes you you can talk about politics, you can talk about you know stuff that seems taboo, as long as you know you're ready to defend your joke. Be like, hey, this is what it is. If someone wants to approach me afterwards, like, hey, I didn't like this or whatever, that, yo, that's fine. That's that's your thing. Like, there's been times I've told a joke and three people got it, and I'm like, you know what? That joke's just for you. <laughs> you know, I got something else for everybody else. But yeah, like you know, I don't stay away from it because you know, religion and politics and stuff like that. I don't harp on it because you know we hear about it all. Yeah. But yeah, like if it's in the news, if it's something like, oh, you know, I'll touch on it, I'll talk about it for a little bit, and see if it's working. It's working. Cool. If people are shying away. What's the uh... My thought would be the toughest crowd involves anything with a bachelorette party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. You know, the funny thing is, though, that's not always like when you're headlining. That's the, the taking care of the bachelorette party is very important for the MC and more than likely oh, your for, MC okay. 
is the newest person on the show and they might not know how to deal with it. Either they'll engage them too much and they start talking or otherwise mm-hmm. they'll like they'll bash them right away and then mm-hmm. it'll make the show weird. Um, so by the time I get up, if I'm headlining, hopefully they will kind of talk or have gotten the talking out. Like, it's your job. Like, oh, God, I feel like I'm an old season comic, which I'm not. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as an MC or feature, it's your job. If you got to deal with a drunk uh, bachelorette party, like, try to figure out a way to get it going. So by the time, you know, they're quiet uh, when the headliner comes up. But, I mean, they're all right. Don't they always seem to get the best seats, too? They're, like, right yeah. in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, like, they're right when it gets dark. Like, you can see the first three rows, <laughs> and then you just see shiny stuff. <laughs> um, it's like, I feel like that's a bachelorette party. But, yeah, like, you know, if you, uh, yeah, you talk to them quick, give them the little thing, and then move on. Oh, they're, they're pretty happy if you acknowledge them. Yeah, most of the time, the bachelorette, it's fine. It's the drunk friend that nobody yeah. likes that's always the worst one because the bachelorette, she's just like, no, I just, <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, yeah. You know, but it's the drunk friend. He's like, oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Why isn't this that? bachelorette party about me? Yeah. <laughs> she's probably the one who tried to set it up. And, like, yeah, just don't, you know, I don't want to say don't come to the comedy shows because we're glad that you bought the tickets. Buy a ticket, but, but then don't show up. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's all we <laughs> That's like the third time you talked about it. Just buy a ticket and don't, don't come. Um, yeah, what do you care? As long as they bought the ticket, you're right? still getting paid. Yeah, I need some fireworks money, baby. This is a door deal. Uh, <laughs> hey, a sellout is a sellout. doesn't matter if they're in Right? Deal. They don't have to be in it's attendance. It's full out. Yeah, they don't have to be in attendance. It's just a sellout. Buy the tickets yeah, at ColemanComedy.com. Uh-uh. <laughs> And, and tonight, show well, yeah, 8 o'clock, show up. Yeah. tonight, 8 o'clock tomorrow at the, now that's right, JB said earlier, that's right downtown, right? Mm, yeah, downtown Hopkins. Hopkins. Comedy Theater, yes, yeah. downtown Hopkins. Yeah, and there is parking, but it is, like, I like those little town downtowns. Like, yeah. I feel like every city, if you have more than 20,000 people, you need a little downtown area. Yeah. Like that. Like, yeah, I like it. Let's take a quick break. The Tom Bernard Show will be back in a moment. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. 
Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. We are back. The Tom Bernard Show. I'm Bob Sansevier. JB, Melissa, Andy, Cassie, and our very special guest, Greg Coleman. He's going to be at the Royal Comedy Theater tonight at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow, 8 o'clock. Now, you mentioned your website. Is that the best place to go if people want tickets and to find out where to find you going down the road in the next few weeks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got some dates there. I'll be there. I'll be at Sisyphus in a couple of weeks um, doing some hosting with the X Games. Uh, when that comes in town, I'll be in Acme two more times this summer and probably house oh. of comedy what, what, was so that what you said is that the brewery <clears throat> sisyphus yeah oh that i didn't realize they did comedy too they, yeah, they do an, sometimes yeah they have an awesome little comedy room in the back like it's not like a bar show they have a dedicated room for stand how many comedy. of the, the these craft breweries are going that way it's smart to do yeah like a lot of there's probably four or five weekly shows or really at least, like, bi-weekly showcases at uh, at breweries. Like, there's a great open mic every Thursday at Sisyphus. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it's a club that you could record an album in. Like, that room, that's how good So you think it's that one that's going to become more and more popular as they get more into it, too? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they've been pushing and trying to find out, like, what's the right thing and how to get, you know, the right people in there as far as, like, just crowds um, and stuff like that. But once people get in there, they're like, oh, oh okay, look, this is... This is nice. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, Where, What's their location? Uh, they are right by Dumwoody College. Oh, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, they're right by the sculpture garden. So it's easy to get in and out of there, too, then. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can park in that lot. <laughs> or else just have someone push the button so the arm goes up. Four cars, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Hurry up and get in. Now, you were yeah. talking a little bit, because I asked about your bachelor, about bachelorette parties. Have hecklers ever? But you seem like you'd handle yourself fine with with hecklers because you're a behavioral expert. Yeah. But I mean, do you get heckled much, or people know? Can they tell just from your demeanor? Don't mess with me. It uh, it happens. Um, it yeah. It just it depends on how you want to respond to them. Was but. it normally women who heckle or guys? Nah. Uh, yeah. If guys heckle, it's from like the back of the room. Because uh, they're brave when they're in the back. Yeah, they can get bra- out quick. Yeah, I had a dude yell at me. He called me a cupcake. I was like, for real? Like, <laughs> he was like, you cupcake? And I was like, this dude just called me a cupcake. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, man, I just I, laughed at him for calling me. What does that even mean? I just what found out. It to you? I found out that it was uh, the political thing. I guess that's like it's Trump like people call snowflake liberal cupcake? people. Yeah. So that's a, but I guess he was like, well, you're not white, so I'm gonna call you a chocolate cupcake. Like, I guess. <laughs> Or whatever, and this is all I could imagine because this is the only time like this, like I've talked about politics. I said something about Trump, and it wasn't even scathing. I just repeated what a student said to me, and he got mad. He was like, "Cupcake, I'm a law enforcement," and then like he left. I was like, "You're not. You're a rent a cop." But yeah, like (laughs) yeah, like it it happens. It's a part of the game. But it's also like sometimes people think that they're helping. Like yeah. if it's a, if it's an emotion that just comes out, I was like, all right, well we can go somewhere. Like I'll try not to be super combative right off the top. And I'm like, yo, if if it's not ruining the flow of the show or something like that. And sometimes people will heckle and say stuff, and sometimes you can ignore it because if most people are like still into you, 
Like, that's a weird thing. Like, the worst hackle that there is is people who don't know that they're doing it. Like, people who will just talk, have that conversation. Be like, dude, I can hear you, and you're throwing things off. Like, so I had a like bad... repeating um, punchlines? Yeah, so either repeating punchlines, or else, like, I was like, oh, I was at a lake. Oh, what lake? Man, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a conversation. I know he's not trying to be like that dude, but it's like, yo, it's happening. And I had a moment where it's like, I kind of addressed him. Um, but the problem was, the rest of the crowd didn't hear him. And he was doing it throughout the rest of the show. So he's ticking the comics off. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got into it with him. And the crowd's looking at me like, oh, why are you being a jerk? I was like, no, this dude's been whatever. But they're not on my side yet. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, like, I'm used to it. I went a year without really writing down a set list or, like, writing jokes out completely. And I'll just go out there with an idea and just kind of go back and forth. So I feel like that's kind of helped me with knowing how to talk and how to bounce back and forth and kind of have that thing and kind of dealing with a heckler, turn that heckler into a situation and then move on. Because I really try try not to be very mean to people, like unless they're coming with some venomous type of stuff, which doesn't happen too often. I haven't seen you uh, do comedy, but you strike me as someone who you do have, uh, you have delivery, which is huge. Because I saw there's a woman that in town that I saw do it, her delivery delivery was incredible, mm-hmm. but she had no jokes. They nothing was funny. Mm-hmm. But if she could find somebody who could write for her, yeah. she'd be hilarious. But if you have jokes and you have delivery, you've got it made. And uh, you, you certainly seem to be a funny guy, and you've got delivery. Uh, it's just a thing that happens because sometimes some people find their jokes first. They're like great writers, but they're not good at delivery or not like you know know their cadence. And there's some people like I was kind of like I was used to talking in front of people. Like, so I was never really uncomfortable. I was like, all right, let me just get the jokes. And that's all it is, is just finding yourself. Um, but, yeah, once those two kind of mesh up, then, you know, hopefully uh, things will work out. But, yeah, I'm not How often have you you seen people have incredible jokes they just can't put them over? Do you see a lot of that in comedy? Yeah. Like, I mean, we see it ourselves. Like, I see it myself. I was like, this joke is going to be good in four months. And, you know, there's some jokes I may have had. There was a joke I had, like, three, four years ago. And I was like, I just don't have the skills to tell this joke yet. You know? Really? Yeah, because it's just, and, like, I don't know where it goes in my set. Like, I know it's funny, but I don't know how to tiptoe it around it yet. And you just It just didn't have skill. a place in your set? Yeah, it just didn't. And maybe I just wasn't ready to tell that joke. You know, I was you like, t- I, do you use it now? Or still uh, not there? No, no, I think I've used it like, and it just came out of nowhere. Like, I was just flowing. I was like, oh, that joke from years ago. Oh, okay, I can take this out, put this here, blah, blah, blah. And it just, it just kind of happens. Um, like that. Yeah, it's all, it's all timing. That's all, that's why we have open mics. Like, open mics have to practice your jokes, but it's also to practice who you are and to get yourself comfortable on stage. And I've kind of noticed that's my strong strength is kind of delivery. And just kind of having the confidence on stage that's like, all right, I'm going to control the show. Yeah. Like, that's what I like to do. Yeah, because I watched a little bit uh, of you at Acme, and like right off the bat, you were really engaging. And I think that's important to do it right off the bat because if you start off slow, you're going to lose the audience. You're just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just a weird, yeah, I had this fun thing. Uh, Chad Daniels, he came up to me, he's like, Greg, you scared me. Like, I had this <laughs> joke where I only said three words for the first first minute 
of the joke, and I just made it really weird because I was following Psy. Mm-hmm. And you know how Psy will bring a crazy energy <laughs> and just, bah, all right, I'll follow that. I'm like, all right, screw you, Psy. Like, I'm not going to try to jump on Psy's energy because if I got to start all the way up here, there's nowhere to go. So I went after him, and I said one word, and I repeated it three times, and it just got really awkward and tense. And, like, I, and the punchline was just came up. Like, I knew the punchline. But it was just to change the energy, just mm-hmm. to get people to pay attention. And so sometimes that will, that will buy me time because people are like, yo, what's this dude doing? And they're going <laughs> to pay attention and try to figure it out. And it gets tense in the room. And then, like, I'm just pulling a bow back. Like, uh, oh, all right. Boom, here's the punchline. <laughs> they're like, oh, all right, cool. Like, I even saw Chad in the back. He's just, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then after the set, he was like, dude, I had no idea what you're doing. Like, that was, I'm glad it worked out, but I was very scared. And I like those little tense moments. Like, mm-hmm. I like creating it because it's, you can have your hits, ba, 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 ba. But I kind of like it being like, you know, an experience and engagement with people. Like, yo, some stuff was tense. Where are we going? Oh, okay. Like, here we go. Then roll, roll, roll. I got to make it fun because, you know, if I tell these jokes over and over. Sometimes I want to tell them a different way mm-hmm. and kind of make it fun for myself. But, you know, it's, that's that's what it is. Well, is there a giant notepad at home that you, you have? or do you, uh, <laughs> do you? No, I mean, where do you put I, your jokes? Do you put them on a computer? They're all in your head. I need – I had jokes in my old phone, and I lost them. I'm still – I'm trying to get back to writing like because I'll still kind of have an idea, and I'll go out there and I'll work it out. Um, so I could tell the same joke 10 times and it might sound a little different each time. Uh, like I always have the base of the joke, but I like to leave a little bit of room for, Oh, this is happening. Address this, address this. So tonight I am making like jokes. I was like, all right, let me start here, 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 here. Like if it's a showcase, if I'm doing something for like uh, a TV thing, then yeah, I'm gonna go out there with the jokes. But like, if I got like 30 minutes, like, I was like, all right, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. But sometimes, like, I have a fun and a good show. I'm like, God, I forgot to do that joke. So I got to start writing them down because I just forget. Like, I'll burn through a lot of material kind of like So what, that. Do you, what do you get tonight? 40 minutes or uh, how long when you, you're the headliner? What do you have? So uh, headline and set for the most part is at least 45 minutes. Um, so it's like, yeah. So, But, like, last night I did the show in Eau Claire. And did like fifty five minutes. I was like, "Oh God, there's stuff I didn't talk about." Um, so, like, yeah. So when you're gonna headline, I just kind of, I'm gonna make a set list. Hopefully, I'll try to follow it. But if not, you know, like if I don't do those jokes, it's not like me forty five seconds on stage. Like, what was I gonna say? Like, well, it, you look at your watch. Yeah. Oh shit! I got show shucks. Excuse me, Casey. <laughs> I got thirty nine minutes yet to fill. Yeah, yeah, hopefully I'm kind of I'm past I'm past that like kind of fill the time like um and that just comes with just being comfortable on stage like sometimes it's like yo this show is not going how I want it to go and sometimes you have those moments you're like oh okay thank God that was the longest five minutes <laughs> <laughs> let's never do this again but there are sometimes when you're just rolling and going with it and be like oh man I got seven minutes left let me figure out what jokes i want to end with there is is there or are there jokes that have been in since the beginning and you've worked where they they show up that you just love them so much and people react to them so well uh i I like favorites a couple jokes that people like really like and like oh my god will you do this joke will you do that joke um and some of them like you just kind of outgrow like there was a a joke like my first two years people like you gotta do that and i was like god i tried to do it once earlier this year, I was like, God, I forgot the joke. Like, I haven't just, I haven't told it in that Well, long. it's good that your comedy evolved. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a good thing. Like, I want it to 
continue to grow. But there are some points where I was like, yo, I'll take this piece out of that joke, add it to this joke as a tag or a bump up, or this can be a transition from here to here. It's like, yeah, just something that kind of comes with growth. So. I mean, it's, it's what you do is not you make you guys make it look easy, but there's a lot that goes into what you do. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of weird. It's tough trying to explain to people like some like what made a show good, what made a set good, what made a show bad. And I was like, well, what? the show sent fine. People were laughing. Like, no, nah, they laughed at the wrong part of the joke. I don't want them to laugh at that part. I want them to laugh at this part. Like, well, people are laughing. Like, it's yeah, it's a very weird, so cerebral thing. When you get up there, because this is crazy. It's a silly thing to do. Like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go talk to this room full of people who all didn't come from the same spot. Everyone had a different experience. They were mm-hmm. at the club. And now, I'm like, hey, strangers, let's talk about what I want to talk about. I want you to laugh. Like, you well, know. I think, too, I mean, you have to have a personality that's just funny. You know, because some people can say jokes, and they're funny jokes, but the way it comes out, it's like... Uh, but there are some people who aren't funny like in life but are really good Mm -hmm. joke comedians and like that works and like it's i find it i think you want what you don't have there are some people who can tell those jokes every single time go bow 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 like i love a comedian who can go do that i was like god because i don't have that skill set yeah like i'm still working on it but there's people like greg you can go and talk with people and just make it seem flowy and easy. And how do you do it? Like, I don't know. It's just whatever. Like, that's kind of my style. And, like, there's someone who I, you know, work with and write with. He was very meticulous and disciplined. I was like, I love how disciplined you yep. are. But, you know, everyone's got their own road. Everyone's got their own story. Probably when you started out, was there a comic that you watched and he said, why am I doing this? I can never be this. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Stop. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of them, man. But I, I've been fortunate to be around really good comics and kind of build some friendships. Because when I started, I just stayed in the comedy club. Like that was it. They used to call me guest set Greg because I would just stay at a comedy club. I, could I get a guest set? Could I get a guest set? And then you know, all these awesome people you like end up admiring. Gosh, like I know this person now. Like I can talk to these people, and it's just funny seeing people's progression and just seeing them. Like I remember, like two years ago, Lil Rel was drunk in my car eating Taco Bell, and now <laughs> he's got his own show on Fox and this and that, and just blowing up. Like it's very crazy where comedy can take you if you if you let it and if you kind of will your way into it. So so far, yeah, it's been it's been cool. None of these guys I respect have told me to quit. Yeah, so it's been like that's where I'm at. Like when there's people like I really expect, like respect and like. Yep. If they're like, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like, but they're like, hey, let's go on the road, or else like, hey, I'm gonna refer you to this person, refer you to that person. Like that's something that's like, all right, man, keep it going. Like they're like, yeah, keep keep pushing. So that's so that's yeah. Very so neat. that's where. That's and where like. Greg Coleman, he is at the Royal Comedy Theater in Hopkins tonight at eight o'clock. Tomorrow at eight o'clock. Parking's a lot easier than Minneapolis. Yeah, super. Yeah, super easy, man. But yeah, hopefully you guys can come out. If not, like, there's a ton of great comedy. As long as you're just getting outside and going to see somebody, man. Like, that's all I care about. Promise me this: when you yep. see your dad, you will tell him. Dad, why don't you have me on the sideline? Let's do a thing together. I'm going to tell him tomorrow. He's going to be in town. I'm back. Hey, man, let's do I told him at his golf tournament that. Or call Chad. Uh, uh, Chad. Call, call Abbott. Yeah, Abbott. That's, tell that's him. A, go to him. I'm going to invite him. I'm going to go drop him off tickets tonight. Back. Right. Hey, man. Just come. But I told my dad I'm no longer just his son at his golf tournament. I said I need to play as a local celebrity. You are a celebrity. <laughs> All right, and uh, speaking of celebrities, Tom Bernard Show with Tom Bernard will be back. 
live the next time they're live. Tom Bernard will be here for the Tom Bernard Show. Thanks so much. Talk to you later.